0: Welcome, everybody. <clears throat> I'm so pleased that you're able to join with myself and Anthony Walker. I'm Bobby Harrington, and this is Scripture in Black and White. We've been involved in a short series on uh, looking at the essential, important, and personal elements of the faith. You might think of that as things written in blood, in ink, and pencil. Sometimes it's described as is it a first bucket, uh, issue a second bucket issue or a third bucket issue. So I hope those handles are helpful for you. The idea here is that the essentials are essential for our salvation and right standing with God. The important teachings are the ones that are taught in scripture and we want to be faithful and uphold them even if we're going to divide up into different churches And then the third area, the uh, what we call the uh, personal or disputable, Those are issues where we can be in the same church and have different views as long as we're respectful to one another. So uh, we've got a chart there uh, that lays it out in terms of the essential, important, and personal. And uh, the key element that you can see is faithfulness, that saving faith in the Bible is uh, not just trust, it's not just mental assent, but uh, faith, pistis is uh, loyalty, faithfulness, allegiance. And of course, we give all that to our saving King, Jesus. So Anthony, back to you.
1: All right. Thank you, Bobby. I appreciate that breakdown. Uh, As we get into today's subject, we're dealing with uh, those things, as you mentioned, uh, in pencil, uh, those things that are kind of disputable, uh, maybe personal to the individual. Uh, that's what I'm interested in getting in on today. Uh, hopefully those who may have issues, you say, hey, I'm, I, I I like this particular issue, and it may be something that is important to you, uh, but may not be contingent upon uh, salvation, may not be an essential issue. It may be one of those things that I need to bear with you. Hey, we have a difference of opinion on this, uh, but God is still good. Uh, One of the passages, Bobby, we were talking about uh, not too long ago that relates to this is uh, Romans chapter 14. Um, And and as we kind of get ready for that, Paul is dealing with uh, the church in Rome and, and how they're having to live in a society that is antithetical to what scripture teaches. And so as they're trying to live this out, Paul is identifying some of the issues that, hey, I know that you're in a in a system, in a world, in a city, in a culture that lives this way, but according to scripture and according to the teachings of Jesus, you are supposed to live another way. Uh, we're supposed to follow Jesus wherever we are. So as Paul kind of deals with this uh, as as well as dealing with how this still relates to our sin issue, he breaks all of this down in the book of Romans. Just kind of giving a little bit of background there, but in Romans chapter fourteen, uh, Paul kind of deals with these disputable uh, matters. Uh, what you got on that, Bobby?
0: Well, <clears throat> thank you, uh, Anthony. When we go back, I uh, think we go back to the first century to the mid-50s of the first century. And uh, the historical context is Jewish Christians are allowed back in Rome. And so you have these Gentile Christians who did not follow the law of Moses. They're not observing the Sabbath. They're, they're not observing food laws. They're not observing special days. And then you have their Christians uh, with a, a Gentile non non-Jewish background. And then the Jewish believers, they're showing up. And they have different views on that. They they mm-hmm. prefer, uh, you know, the food laws and uh, Sabbath observance as a part of their Christian faith. And so it's this big controversy of how do they work together? So Paul introduces it by, by these words in Romans chapter 14, verse 1, accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. So in the faith, he just identifies right off that there are disputable matters.
1: Mm, Wow. So I want to underline something that you just mentioned uh, that that we need to kind of mention again. Uh, You had Jews and Gentiles that are coming together in one church, Um, a two different peoples that have differing cultures Uh, differing backgrounds, um, contentious backgrounds, so to speak, Um, and they come into Christ with that history in mind. Now, we do know that when we're in Christ, all things have been made new. But as you pointed out, there were some things that the Jews were kind of holding on to that. You know, I understand that. Yes. uh, You know, Jesus made me new. And I, I get that we're in a new kingdom, a new system. But I still kind of like the feast days, you know. They, they, I, I just enjoyed what that that did for me. I think everybody should enjoy these feast days. You know, it was something that we all did. I think everybody ought to enjoy that. And now Paul is saying this is disputable. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, Anthony. Uh, recently, you and I were involved in a conversation. Uh, where somebody feels like that uh, they need to observe the Sabbath, mm-hmm. that that was the real day. And we talked about how actually in the New Testament, the Christians met on the first day of the week, the resurrection day, uh, and how passages like 1 Corinthians chapter 16, the early part, Acts 20 and 7, talked about uh, that those are actually on the first day of the week. Uh, this is one of those passages that actually deals with it. Because uh, uh, people with a Jewish background, so these are people who grew up in a Jewish family. They mm-hmm. observe Passover, Sabbath, circumcision, and the food laws. When they come to faith in Jesus, the Messiah, they didn't give up their Jewish background. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. They maintain it, but God teaches that they don't uh, apply that or impose that on the Gentiles. And, of course, the book of Acts chapter 15 describes how uh, the early church came to a real clear understanding on the whole Jewish and Gentile Christian background. So let me dive in. Uh, Let's work through this text together, because I think it will help everybody if we just go through the text. So I'll take the first couple of verses here, then I'll turn it back to you. Verse 2, he says, One person's faith allows them to eat anything. So he's going to be thinking here of pork uh, or not pork and that kind of thing. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Uh, The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted him, so right off he's saying uh, we 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 have strong convictions personally about some of these things, but we can't impose judgment on others. Like, hey, you're sinning, uh, like God's displeased with you. He says, no, no, don't do that. In fact, verse four, he says, "Who are you to judge someone else's servant to their own master? In this case, uh, their master would be King Jesus. To their own master." servants stand or fall and they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. Anthony. Mm.
1: So, so (laughs) I I always like to go back and and, and clarify this, you know, as we do on scripture in black and white. So uh, take the uh, vegetarian, the the strict vegetarian, and, and they may look at this and say, Hey, um, God gave us, uh, all these vegetables for our bodies, a uh, lot of the, the the medicines that we're taking are, are uh, found in the very vegetables and, and herbs that God has given us. So they may say, hey, let's let's eat these things that God has given us. They're plentiful. They're so good to your body. You're so energetic. I think that God gave it to us. And I think everybody ought to eat just like that. You know, why why kill you know, uh, these animals and and, and cook that meat and and all that. Let's just, I think God would want us to, and you're saying there's a difference here. There's a dispute.
0: (laughs) Yeah. In other words, you can, this is what's really hard, especially uh, to be transparent. We're going to get into this uh, for Mm -hmm. immature people in the faith. Mm -hmm. They want to impose their personal convictions as though it was God's law on other people. And so mm. Paul says, uh, right, wait away with the vegetable thing and we're going to see other things. Don't do that. You you, you can have convictions about that for yourself personally, but don't impose those as though it was God's law on other people.
1: So, so to the person who says, listen, I, I have a I have a cattle farm. We got milk. We we got black Angus steaks. And, and, and man, I think this is one of the best things that God has ever made. You know, man, this chicken that's so good over here. I think everybody ought to eat like this. God gave it to us. You know, even even Peter, you know, he says, Peter, kill and eat. And you said, but I can't impose that. And that was that was one of the things that uh, using that example from uh, Acts uh, chapter 10, I believe it is, where Peter is struggling with some of that history and heritage that he grew up with. That's right? He's starving, he's hungry. He goes into this trance-like state and 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 this sheet comes down with all of these different creatures in it. and there were obviously things that Peter, Uh, believed was unclean. And God is telling him through this vision, hey, kill and eat. And Peter's convictions that he held for so many years in his life, he's saying, I I can't do this. And he's speaking even to God in this vision. I can't do this. And so this is one of those areas where you say, and, and I get it, you know, if Peter struggled with this, we all have some of these areas that have been strongly held with us for most of our lives. If you've lived a particular way and there are certain cultures, you know, they, there are certain meats. They just don't eat some for health reasons, some for cultural reasons and backgrounds. And that's fine. But what Paul is saying here in Romans chapter 14, we can't apply Uh, those or enforce those on someone else as if it's God's will and God's directive, hold your personal belief. And it may be very important to you, uh, but that is to the vegetarian and to the meat eater. God has room for both of you in the kingdom.
0: Yeah, that's right. You know, (laughs) Anthony, as we get into it, we're going to see that this applies to things like alcohol, uh, Mm -hmm. throughout, uh, recent history, uh, There are christians who think it's wrong for anybody to drink alcohol well we're going to find out that well for you personally that that might be right now now getting drunk would be clearly sin because the bible Mm -hmm. says that uh, drunkenness is sin but to have a glass of wine or a beer there are christians who say you should never do that another christians say well i think it's okay and we're going to see that's one of the areas where there, there's a disputable matter. Uh, sometimes Christians have really strong scruples uh, about certain types of movies, um, mm-hmm. and they'll try to impose that on others. Again, sexual immorality is wrong, or uh, encouraging gratuitous violence would be wrong, but different people are gonna, going to have different uh, thresholds on that. So let me, uh, if I can, go to the next couple of verses. And you'll see that it shifts from vegetables now to uh, special days. In this case, it would would have been the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Uh, Verse 5 says, One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers each day alike. Each of you should be fully convinced uh, in their own mind about this. In other words, that whatever is going on, I need to be convinced. By the way, there are some traditions that won't observe Christmas or Easter. And yet here the Apostle Paul, I think is addressing that by saying, hey, there's special days and you've got to be convinced. Uh, we know that we don't know the exact date for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, you know, you could probably make a better case for Easter uh, and the Passover and so forth. But uh, again, it's individual days. And, and in this case, it was the Sabbath. Verse six, he says, One regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, uh, for they give thanks to God, and whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. So he's saying that the principle here is uh, I'm just going to serve God. My, my job is is to uphold uh, my convictions about what God wants. And then he says, verse 9, For this very reason Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the, the dead and the living. And then verse 10, uh, So then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. Again, this just goes back to in this area, we have to realize that God allows freedom or the area just naturally has enough complexity uh, that we don't want to impose our personal convictions on other people because uh, that's not appropriate. It, 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 Like there is not a right or wrong. It's a situation that depends on the individual. Back to
1: you, Anthony. So the personal conviction, um, I I see it as an opportunity for conversation and uh, growth within a relationship. Uh, There's room, as you're pointing out, for you to have your personal conviction and continue to treat your brother or sister well. And when Paul says this, this is one that that really hits me. He's like, well, why are you treating them that way? And, and this was one of the marks of, you know, the kingdom of God and how the kingdom functions. We're a body. Um, we are members of one another. Paul underlines, he says, hey, we don't live to ourselves. We don't die to ourselves like alone, like we, we are part of community of kingdom. So even though this person only, you know, or, or likes to eat meat and you don't, that's your brother or sister in Christ, we love them with, with their personal conviction. And even for you to say, hey, I don't eat this. And, and if it is, uh, I'll slide this in as we continue this text. If it is a strong personal conviction for you to you know, do one of those things that may be disputable, if it is strong within you, uh, James tells us in James chapter four, uh, verse 17, uh, to him that knows to do good and does it not sins. Yeah. That, that becomes sinful to you if this is a spiritual uh, a conviction that you have that you are violating. So I don't want you to violate a spiritual conviction personally. However, you know, I can eat meat <laughs> if, if you choose not to. God bless you. And we both have uh, room in the kingdom. Let's continue, Bobby. Um, verse. Oh yeah, well, I just Paul's- love that oh, you brought
0: up that pass. That was great, mm-hmm. Anthony. I love that you brought up that passage from the book of James. Whatever you do, what you are saying is whatever you mm-hmm. do, it's got to come from faith, because mm-hmm. if it's not from faith, it's sin. You, 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 you got to do what what you believe is right.
1: Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul conti- or continues here in Romans chapter fourteen, verse eleven. He says, "It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord." Every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Paul says, therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Mm-hmm. And this is where, uh, you know, Paul is, is under, underlining this point that we are family. We are brothers and sisters and the spirit in which we do a thing even matters, uh, you know, as, as Paul says. So if, if here I am, one that eats meat uh, and I know my brother or sister does not. And I'm with the spirit of, well, I'm going to make sure I order a steak while he's sitting here. Um, Is my spirit in the right spot? Am I doing this from a place of consideration? And a lot of times for me, I've been in those real life situations. I often ask because sometimes um, as a part of this, it may be this person's fasting or this may be a struggle area. Yeah. So sometimes as it relates to. Our relationship and bro- as brothers and sisters, it's a great opportunity to ask, hey, you know, does it do you mind if I get a steak or with that? Bo-? And like, I, don't, I don't know if, I, if I'm OK with. It. OK. And because of our relationship, I can for a period of time uh, abstain because our relationship is far greater uh, than any steak or any vegetable or any small thing of that issue. And so Paul says, you know, he's speaking to this spirit of, you know, I don't want to cause anybody to sin. I don't want to be a stumbling block in the way of my brother or sister.
0: Yeah. You know, Anthony, I have a very specific situation that applies to this. My father uh, uh, struggled with alcoholism, so Mm -hmm. he became a follower of Jesus in his 40s. And uh, all of his life, actually from his teenage years, he struggled with alcohol. And so one of the things that was really, uh, I was very conscious of is uh, those people who, when my father became a follower of Jesus and was you know, committed to, and in fact, uh, for the most part has lived a life of uh, sobriety since that time, uh, being in context where he could be tempted to drink. Uh, there's an expression that he used to say all the time, one's too many, and then a thousand is not enough. And, and the mm-hmm. idea is <clears throat> when you're trying to live in sobriety, having one drink, uh, you can't handle it. And so then it's one drink's too many because then you're know, you're, you're, you, you, you're just going to keep drinking and drinking and drinking. And so uh, to me, this was a, a really good passage. In terms mm. of don't don't cause somebody to stumble. If somebody struggles with alcohol, don't do that. If mm-hmm. somebody stumbi- if somebody uh, struggles with pornography, uh, be mm-hmm. careful with computers and phones and things like that. That in terms of the applications, uh, like a, a parent, a parent should be very careful with their children and smartphones because you're going to cause your your children to stumble mm. into things like pornography and and things like that. And and we can extrapolate this to uh, to a bunch of different areas. The point is, if there's an area where the Bible's really clear about it, and somebody struggles with it, uh, don't don't like don't put a stumbling block in their way. Try to help, love them enough that you're not gonna put them in situations where they would stumble and fall into what for them is sin, or what maybe is a weakness, and they'll start sinning and then they can't stop.
1: Hmm. Wow. Very rich. Very rich. Um, Paul Paul continues um, here in verse number 14. I'm convinced being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person, it is unclean. And this is to the point that we've been making. And James underlines that point as well. This is a personal conviction for you. And and Paul says, if you regard that as unclean for you, absolutely, it is unclean. And you need to treat it as such. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love again to the spirit uh, that we do a thing. Do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the spirit of the in the Holy Spirit. Excuse me. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Bobby?
0: It's good. Uh, I, I'd like to get into some more specifics that come out of this text. Uh, we can talk about like disputable interpretations on creation and evolution and end times and even things like the veil. But before we get there, let's let's go through and uh, finish the chapter, okay? Because okay. I think he's going to give us some some important passages. So, verse nineteen, he says, "Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification." In other words, we want to do what is going to create harmony amongst people who don't agree with each other. He says, "Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean." But it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. Anthony, another thing about meat in the ancient world is the average person typically did not eat meat. It was considered expensive. And in Rome, oftentimes the meat that you got came from a pagan temple. It was a a bull or a lamb or something would have been sacrificed. To a pagan god, and a lot of Christians then just wouldn't eat the meat. Uh, and what he's saying here, and, and uh, you and I before we started talked about 1 Corinthians chapter eight talks about this: uh, that it, it's only a problem for you if you think it is. Like if you're conscious that this is this is an animal that was had been sacrificed to uh, a pagan god. But it, it, it's not really a God or anything, so it doesn't have to bother you. But in this case, he says, don't do it if it causes somebody to stumble. And then here's the key verse. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So if there's some area where somebody has convictions, uh, I want to be thoughtful about them. I may not agree with them but I don't want to cause them by my influence to do that which is wrong and stumble into sin. He finishes the, the uh, uh, section this way. He says, so whatever, whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Like, don't be pushing your beliefs on other people. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin, similar to, to the book of James there. So mm-hmm. I want to be somebody who has my convictions. You want to be somebody who has their convictions. But we also want to recognize that there are people who don't have the same convictions on these particular issues, and so we don't want to cause them to stumble into sin, and we want to have a respectful environment. Uh, I'm going to go back to you and then we can get into the specifics, Anthony.
1: Okay, so in a nutshell, if we're pulling some uh, points from this, Paul does um, highlight the fact that because we are going to be a kingdom made up of different peoples, different backgrounds, different heritages, different spiritual backgrounds, that there may be some disputable matters. Uh, These are things that are not salvation contingent, uh, but these are personal convictions. Paul highlights, okay, those exist. And then he goes to the point to, to point out that I can't judge you based off of your personal convictions. Likewise, you can't judge me off of my personal convictions. We're not imposing them. I did want to ask this because what happens a lot of times that I've seen, uh, and I'm sure you have in your years of ministry as well is that sometimes one could use this as a way to push my preference. So in other words, this is my preference. And now I control the entire restaurant, so to speak, because of yeah. my preference. Because I'm saying, hey, I don't like meat. So none of y'all in here could eat meat. You know, yeah. That's, so So we have to also be careful that I'm responsible. And I believe this is what Paul is ending on. I'm responsible for my personal convictions because this is between God and I. Yeah. And, and I don't want to push my preference as God's law. You yeah. get
0: No, I think that that's really good. Uh, yeah. let, me, let me mention some areas uh, where I have seen this. Uh, so let's take, we've already talked about the alcohol thing. Uh, we've talked about how in the first century, Uh, Jewish Christians would maintain the Sabbath, but Gentile Christians didn't, and that that's an area where they just give each other freedom. Another area, Anthony, I have a personal conviction on tithing. I think that uh, tithing is a good principle. It's a good starting principle uh, for Christians in the New Testament, but I always try, when I teach on it, to put it in this uh, third bucket, that uh, I think it's it's I think Jesus goes so much deeper than the tithe. Like God owns everything. It's not one tenth. Uh, you know the old song, uh, 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 "All to Jesus I surrender." And the guy goes, one-tenth to Jesus?" I no, it's it's all to <laughs> Jesus I surrender. Uh, and but I think that the idea is that tithing is a good way to start. Uh, I think alcohol it applies to alcohol. I think that it applies to movies. I also think that it it applies, for example, with how we understand certain doctrines. If I can, Anthony, I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. jump into it. Okay. Um, in in First Corinthians chapter eleven, uh, the Apostle Paul describes women who would pray and prophesy in the gatherings of the earliest Christians, and uh, whenever they did that, First uh, Corinthians eleven. Makes it clear that they need to show uh, authority on their head, and the Greek is katakephale, kephale being the the word for head, and that they were to show that even though they were praying or prophesying, they were honoring male leadership because uh, the Bible teaches that there's a created order, uh, uh, God, Christ, uh, uh, that the husband or uh, male leadership and then women which you know of course for another day we'll talk about that the point i'm getting at is that when they would pray or prophesy like they were taking leadership in the gathering they would cover their head because the practice in uh roman corinth was that uh in their culture putting a hood over your head when you were praying or prophesying uh for a woman was showing that they're still under the authority uh, of uh, male leadership in that context. Well, today, uh, do, you know, the culturally, uh, putting a head covering wouldn't communicate the same thing to us. People would just say, that's weird. Uh, why are they doing that? So a lot of churches just stick with the principle, and that is that uh, when a woman is making announcements or reading scripture, uh, we want to make sure that it's just women who have a reputation and are known for honoring uh, the elders and the preacher-teacher of that church. Uh, let me give you another area. I'm going to give you a bunch, and then you can you can uh, come back uh, to sure. me on them. I think that uh, a, a second-level uh, teaching uh, that's super important, it's almost essential, but uh, one's salvation doesn't depend on it, and that is a high view of Scripture. The scripture is the infallible word of God. Now, I think it's super important because everything that we uh, believe as Christians is going to be grounded in the objective teaching of the word of God. Now, I like, I think it's consistent with scripture to call it the infallible word of God. Well, that's super important, but I can't say that you have to believe that all scripture is inspired. Uh, uh before god would ever save you i think you can believe the gospel and then come to understand the you know the purpose of the infallibility of scripture um, if scripture is infallible though there's going to be some areas while upholding the second bucket issue the important teaching of the infallible scripture say with the creation and evolution area there's different mm-hmm. ways to understand how creation and and evolution work together, like the facts of evolution, the facts of creation, and uh, there are there are great ways to understand that. Uh, some with like the day age theory, uh, some still believe in a in a literal twenty four hour creation. But Christians are going to differ a little bit on that. That's on the front end, and then another area I'll mention is the back end. There are Christians who uphold the Uh, inspiration, and the infallibility of the book of Revelation, but we definitely have different understandings of Mm -hmm. the imagery uh, of the apocalyptic nature of the book of Revelation, and I think in a local church context, we've got to respect each other. In fact, one of the things that I've come to, Anthony, is that there are five end-time doctrines that are a part of either the essential teachings or the vitally important part The most important part of of the importance, and that is the second coming of Jesus, Mm -hmm. that that's a doctrine that's super important. It's part of the elementary teachings of the faith. The second coming of Jesus, the resurrection of the dead will all be raised before God, final judgment, and then uh, the promise of blessings in the new heaven and new earth and the teaching that those who are not saved by Jesus will go to hell. Where they will be punished for their sins so beyond those five end time things that are either essential or super important there are a lot of other doctrines like you know will there be a millennium here on earth uh is uh, jesus going to uh, come back in the middle of a tribulation and will there be an antichrist will he be literal there's a lot of diversity there that we allow as a third bucket issue while uh, seeing that good Christians honestly disagree with each other. So I, I know I just shared a lot. Anthony, let me go back to you on that.
1: Oh, yeah. No, you, you've, you've brought up some things, and, and I'm sure you've brought up some things that for those who are viewing, I know that you may feel very, very passionate about. Um, and, and one of the conclusions that can be made, even from those specific examples that you've given, and there are several others that we could go into But with those, they don't violate, while something may violate your personal conviction, does this violate the teachings of scripture? Is this something that scripture, because even those personal convictions that some people have, they may be rooted in scripture, you know, so for someone to, as Paul mentions here in Romans chapter 14, for some people eating meat may be a point of just health preference. Okay, God bless you. For some, it may literally be, as Paul describes, this may be a spiritual stumbling block for you. You can't get beyond the fact in the example that you gave, according to the culture of the time, a person may say, yes, I understand it's just a cow. I understand it's just a steak. I I get it. But. I saw them slaughter that cow in sacrifice to some deity and I just can't get beyond that. I can't be, and that's fine. And and, and so you're rooting that in, you don't want anything that's offered up to another idol. Praise God for that. That doesn't violate that. And that doesn't violate your scripture, your, your personal conviction. However, when I take that to say, this is the final judgment on the matter, Now I've overstepped the bounds that even God does not imply. So that's where Paul says, "Okay, wait, we got to we got to back this up and give people space in their convictions. I'm I'm aware fully in what you've talked about. There are several different ideas on uh, creationism, evolutionism. There are those that believe that that the two can't even exist. And so. But as you pointed out, there we got to go back to the root to say, okay, can we agree on the fact that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth? Now I, I have to agree with that. That's God's word. Uh, it puts yeah that would in a perspective. be that would yeah. be
0: an important teaching. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and you, even you those even people. those
1: few that you gave in in the Book of Revelation, where you know all of those different, there are there are full college courses on the different theories of the time periods of the symbolism of all of that. And you could spend ages and ages digging into what all of these different elements mean. But if we strip away all of those different, you know, the different language, the apocryphal language, the uh, apocalyptic language, the uh, symbolism, the figurative language, if I get down to the core teachings of what actually took place, I come to those conclusions of those five things. And what you have to sit with is, OK, can all of these different people with their different eschatological views, can we agree on those five things? Then let's let, let's leave with that in peace versus trying to impose. No, it's got to be postmillennial. It's got to be premillennial. It's got to be. You know, we, it, it has to be this. And there is no other, uh, no other room. Uh, wow, that is um, that's some rich stuff on this, Bobby. You got any any closing items that you want to go through?
0: No. Uh, well, I I do have one thing that I sure. think is important to say, that I think the text of Romans chapter fourteen, and as the apostle Paul goes into what we now call Romans fifteen, he he gives us a really important principle. And that's our attitude toward one another Uh, again uh, the more mature you are the more you're going to allow people freedom with their different views and the more and this seems paradoxical the more immature you are you're going to impose your beliefs in this third category you're going to impose them on others and uh so that the attitude or the teaching is that we all really want to get clear on this so that we can treat each other well. Uh, Paul just ends it all. He says, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. So I think we really have to cultivate uh, tolerance and understanding in this area, in this realm for each other. So that we got to be super tough minded about the essentials. I think we've got to be tough-minded about the important teachings. I think that that middle category is often lacking today. But then in this third category, uh, we really need to be gracious and kind and understanding of one another. Again, of all these issues uh, that we mentioned, and I think it's just really an important posture for our development and maturity in Christ. So, Anthony, thanks so much that we get, we've been able to talk about these three key areas. I'm going to let you close this out.
1: Awesome, awesome. Listen, everyone, thank you for uh, tuning in, listening into Scripture in black and white. Uh, we want you to keep listening. We want you to keep digging, uh, keep digging into Scripture, keep growing in your faith. Um, always, as I tell you, go to renew.org. And you will find loads of teaching, loads of resources there, as well as our landing page. If you click on media, uh, you'll find our scripture in black and white landing page. And if there's any uh, documentation that we have, sometimes we refer to slides to those who are listening. If you say, I don't see the slide, you'll be able to find any slides or documentation as well as other uh, resources as you grow in your faith. We're so thankful. Keep tuning in. Thank you all for listening to Scripture in Black and White.